1: I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> it's probably, like getting grade ten sandpaper rubbed on your face every day.
0: I mean, we say it all the time. Whether you know, there's two types of turds. You're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean, um, we're we're we are about players and players playing the plays, and not necessarily the plays.
1: Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. Joining me this week, I'm very happy to have this man on. I'm very excited for you guys to hear from him. Current San Francisco 49er, former Oklahoma State Cowboy, former Nebraska Black Shirt, the one and only Darian Daniels. Darian, how are you, my friend? Thank you for coming on.
0: I'm doing real good.
1: It's, hey, it's an honor to be here. I'm happy to have you. Um, what is life like in San Francisco? How? I mean, it's obviously different from Lincoln or from Oklahoma. Like, do you enjoy? The weather out there the most? Do you enjoy like the atmosphere out there or do you miss sort of like small town back home? Cause you're from Texas too. So this was like a nice yeah. culture change for you going out to San Francisco. Oh, do you yeah. Like it or do you miss the the middle of the country?
0: Man, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I really do enjoy it out here. The weather is nice. Um, I go on walks pretty frequently out here. Just like there's a lot of nature things that I can do out here that to, to just get me back outside, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I say the um the number one complaint I got about being out here is just everything is like two or three dollars more <laughs> than it is in the rest of the world. It, it's just too expensive out here.
1: One of my uh one of my favorite my TikTok feed, I'm not ashamed to say I'm on TikTok, first of all. My TikTok <laughs> feed is filled with a lot of like home design real estate stuff. Um, just mm-hmm. because I love um I'm a, I'm a dork when it comes to that stuff. And like, I see all the time people comparing like home prices in Texas to California. You could, you could spend a million dollars and have like a 1500 square foot home in San Francisco. And then you spend a million dollars yeah. in Texas and you've got
0: like a freaking mansion. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, It's actually funny. Cause we, when we played Dallas last year, we were on the bus and, um, we were like passing through, we was passing by a neighborhood. We look out the window. My teammates like, there are you from out here? How much these houses are running for?" I'm looking, I'm like, eh, I'm going to say, like, five, they're like, million? Like, nah, like 500,000, bro. They're like, are oh, we moving to Dallas? We got to come to yep. Dallas. They got the houses. Yep. Hey, hey, man, you can live like
1: a king out here. Yep, and no income tax in Texas, too. Oh, yeah, that, too. That, too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, okay, so you get out to this new area that has mm-hmm. NBA. I mean, they moved from Oakland to San Francisco with the Warriors. You got M- NBA. You've got – I mean, you've got all these pro teams around, and you get here, and now you can't go to any of the stadiums. Is there a team that is on your, on your like, bucket list of, like, when they start allowing fans, I ha- I'm- I want to go watch these guys?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm most definitely going to catch a Golden State game. I, 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 it's kind of mandatory. I think Steph's going to go down in history as top three best point guards ever, and then being able to see him in person, that's always been one of those things that I wanted to do. For sure.
1: you might have, It sounds like you might have to go see an Oakland
0: Athletics game, too, before they uh, – they- oh. i'm with i'm with all that i love watching i just love watching like live sports well just Mm -hmm. being there in the environment uh it's actually funny because i still haven't been uh i've been to a a pro basketball game as a spectator i've also been to a pro basketball game as a spectator i haven't been able to do that for the nfl Mm -hmm. so
1: my first my first
0: nfl game was my first nfl game yeah did
1: so did um Correct me if I'm wrong, but NFL teams were like they were setting their own attendance limits, like based on individual teams. Did San Francisco have fans in in, in the stadium last year? Nope. Nope. So when you come back for the spring game at Nebraska this past weekend, was that the first time you'd been in a football stadium that had fans in it yes. in a year?
0: And well, we had we had some fans uh, at, at a few away games that we had, okay. but as far as that amount, nah, it was it was good to be back and to hear to to hear people yelling.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Let's talk about your first year in the NFL. You go to San Francisco. Um, what was it like? W- was there anything that surprised you? Was there anything that you felt like you learned? Let's just catch people up on the last year for for your football career.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, it was it was real smooth. I spent a majority of the year on uh, practice squad doing doing my due diligence, you know, earning my stripes. That was uh, it, that was challenging, but I feel like it made me a better player. Um Just for the fact that I'm going up against the starters every single day, I'm going up against the starters every single day, and uh, our starters are real good people. As far as um, teaching me, I know even though I was mimicking the opponent that we're playing that week, they would always like come like, "Hey, Derry, next time try this; it might work." I'm like, "All right, cool," and they like help me out like that. So I feel like that kind of uh, from a learning perspective, that helped me out a lot, and just uh, really, I'm I'm not gonna say getting adjusted to getting adjusted to. the playing style. I want to say more so getting used to football 24/7. There's no distraction in between. So I know, like in college, it was a lot on me as far as like trying to be the best student I can be and then being the best athlete I can be. But it's like now, instead of the classroom, it's film, and it's like I, I have to devote 100% of my time, you know, to football. And I say that's the only thing I feel like taking a you know take some adjusting to because I know uh I'll do I would say college worthy time to football and i still have so much extra time left and i'm just sitting there like what can i do so then it's just like you know find something to get into so i watch okay. some film you can always watch somebody else yeah stuff like that
1: that was gonna be my next question was if you if you found that you just have more time on your hands in the day yeah sounds like it oh yeah most definitely have you picked up i mean it's obviously it was a weird time because of covid so like you, you couldn't pick up normal hobbies
0: but have you picked up any hobbies Oh, yeah. So, um, so when I went back home for the uh, for offseason, I, I started I picked up some boxing, boxing lessons.
1: OK. Yes. Yeah,
0: so, uh, yeah, I've, I've been doing a little bit of that. I think it's I think it's going to help me out a lot as far as like my hand-eye coordination sure. and core strength and things like that. And I've also uh, let me let me show you this real quick. <sighs> been doing some little Lego work for my nephew, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda. Yeah. So uh, my, my nephew, he has uh, he likes Baby Yoda. So, um, and I used to, he likes baby Yoda and he likes Legos. So, uh, I kind of want to f- kind of want to help push him into that, into that field. So I made him a baby Yoda. I'm going to send that out to him pretty soon, but that's another awesome. little hobby I picked up. Have you built the Lego Death Star yet? Not yet. I wanted to as a child. I think it was Death Star or the or the Falcon. I'm not for mm-hmm. sure which one it was, but I knew I wanted one of the big ships, mm-hmm. but I'm going I'm to get to it. And then when I get it, I'm going to send it to him. That's Hopefully he will cool. like it. That's yeah. pretty cool. So what is, what, what is life like as a practice player, as a practice
1: squad player? How, how I guess how, how different was it from maybe your expectations of what it would be or, or how similar, just what is life like as a practice player?
0: Um, It's really, it's kind of, it's kind of, I don't know if it's just here, but they kind of hold us to an extremely high standard as well as the guys who actually play. Um, Yeah. That, I, that's, that's the, that's the biggest thing I can say because I know in, uh in, in, some organizations in college, you know, scout team players don't really get that much attention, but we have a very critical position. And I, I know there's even been times where the offensive line was like, hey, he does this, you might want to implement that. So, so it's like it's always, I'm always learning some new things. Um it's, it's it's different because I've never really had to do about 20 reps straight. So that is physically tiring, but it's just like you got the you got the, I don't know. I feel like it, it helped my character, it built my character. It's really um, it's kind of cool during the week. Well, not during the week. During the week, it's real hectic. So during practice, you know, my practice is, is extra intense because I'm always going to 110%. But then as far as um, walkthroughs goes, you know, you still got to be able to pay attention. You might be the next man up. You never know what happens. Mm-hmm. But um, I think Sundays, it's pretty it's pretty lax because you go up there, you to just watch. Uh, we was up in the box this past year, so I'll be up in the box and watching my teammates. So I was able to to support them in that, in that aspect of it.
1: That's awesome. I remember mm-hmm. talking to Luke Gifford after he went to the NFL and, and he made the comment that um, making the jump from college football to the NFL was an easier transition to make than making the jump from high school football to oh, yeah. college
0: football. Would you agree with that? I most definitely would agree. What? Well, why? Why do you think that is? Um, it's, it's, and it's, it's really funny. I forgot who I was talking to, but I told them that, I've faced more athletic people in college than I did in the NFL so far. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of freak athletes in in, in the NFL, but in college, everybody was athletic. And that's and that's kind of what it is in, in college. It's like whoever has the most athletic team is the team to more than likely win. Mm-hmm. But in the NFL, it's the team who's the most disciplined, who does everything the right way, is the team that wins. So um, here, I know now, is like seeing everybody, everybody's real fundamental. Of course, speed and strength is, is is important, but everything is not making a mistake doing it until it's perfect. And I feel like it's easier to to dial in on and focus on your movements than it is to get stronger, or get fast. Do you feel like your year in the Big Ten helped you in that regard? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, I know as far as like there was a certain things that Coach Tuioti had taught me that got relayed. Uh, when I got here. So a lot of those things that a lot of those tips that he gave me, I know some of the vets was like, yeah, when you, when you get in the game, you want to be able to look and do X, Y, and Z. So uh, I feel like that kind of helped me mentally prepare for uh, prepare for NFL. Can you
1: share, can you share something? It doesn't have to be like a state secret or anything like that, but can you share something that Tuioti maybe gave you or or taught you or something that, that you get to the NFL and, and the guys are like, Oh yeah,
0: you need to know how to do this here. Um, as far as like technique wise goes. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's a big well, technician
0: too, he is. Yeah, 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 so uh, let me think, let me think, let me think. Well, as far as like hand placement, hand placement is everything, hand placement is everything, but uh, in particular, he would always um, talk to me about my long arm in particular. Uh, I have a I have an issue, even still to this day, I have an issue with uh, doing a pass rush move and not necessarily being direct with it. And he always told me, if you lead, if you lead in with the long arm, You'll be able to to work your way around that, and that's something that Eric Armstead had also had told me. He's like, if you're gonna throw the long arm in there, it'll really open up, you know, your arsenal. It'll open up everything else because he he can respect your power. And mm-hmm. I say that's one thing Coach Toyota taught me that that actually helped me out coming here, come here
1: as well. Interesting. Now you have a teammate who goes into the NFL the same time as you, but goes to the eventual Super Bowl winning champion. Oh yeah. How do, do you guys have you have you guys talked about about him going and winning a Super Bowl? Does he brag
0: about it with with you guys? What is this conversation like? Not really. He doesn't brag. You know, Galil isn't the one to, to sit there and brag. But I could definitely tell he was really excited about it. Yeah. He actually invited. Uh, he invited. I think. I, yeah, he invited me out there to you know to watch the Super Bowl and everything. Uh, I had other things planned, but it was yeah. He was he was really excited about it. Uh, I feel like I feel like everybody else was more excited for him than he actually was. Really? Because everybody, yeah, every man, everybody was just I know, I know talking to Carlos and talking to my brother and and D T and a lot of other guys on the defensive line, they were like, Cleo going to the Super Bowl, he going to the <laughs> Super Bowl. So it was you know, I know a lot of people was real happy for him and excited that he had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. I
1: think you know, like everybody loves Kansas city just because of where we are in the country, mm-hmm. but with Tampa Bay getting there, having Levante, David sort of the old school, Nebraska, oh, yeah. guy, well, maybe not old school, but old to me, um, Nebraska guy. And then Khalil being there, everybody's like, Oh man, who am I supposed to root for? <laughs> <laughs> I know like Ryan held had yeah, yeah. internal conflict with, do I root for the chiefs because of Kansas city or do I root for former Huskers? So that's yeah. <laughs> what's the craziest rookie thing that you were made to do by your teammates?
0: Uh, I'm not gonna lie. This past year, it was very lax because of um, the COVID restrictions and whatnot. But um, I want to say, I I, it really was. They they had the things. It wasn't really too wild or random. It was like we had to do things like uh, in the meeting room, make sure it was uh, stocked up with snacks. Um, I had to buy sandwiches for the defensive line for every every away game. Okay, no, it wasn't nothing, nothing, nothing too crucial. That's about it, though. It wasn't nothing, nothing too crucial. Who has the uh, the weirdest sandwich order on the defensive line? So it's it's really it really made this simple for me. So the rookies last year, the the rookies the year before, they pretty much came to me like, "Hey, Darian, to make this easy, go go ahead and order five, six of these sandwiches, and then they are gonna pick from these." So I was all like. It didn't make sense to me because I'm thinking the same thing you're thinking. Like, you know, I got to get everybody's order. But he was like, "Nah, trust me." So I when he did that, and they was like, "Hey, there, you got some of them?" Yeah, pass them the sandwiches. And then from then on, uh, as as the year went ahead, I started to realize who liked which ones more. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I just load up on the ones that everybody likes. And then, you know, I even had some left over. So some of the people on the on the equipment staff or the coaching staff will get a few as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Are you, do you pay for all of these or does it do, do oh, yeah, other yeah, people, yeah. you pay for all of them? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> um, You, okay. So we kind of touched on this in the open. You got to come back to Nebraska for the spring game. Uh, mm-hmm. We're recording this on a Wednesday. I guess it was almost two weeks ago um, by the time mm-hmm. everybody will be listening to this. Just talk about, did you want to come back? Were you asked back? What was
0: it like to kind of be around to Yodi, be around the facility and some guys yeah. again? I most definitely wanted to come back. I I missed it. I think, I don't think I've been there since, um, pro day. I think that was the last time I was there. So me being able to go back, it was, it meant a lot seeing everybody, um, just being around the coaches. I know they're in I feel like they're no, I know that the coaches are in a very confident position going into this upcoming year, just talking to them about how this spring went, how the team is coming along. Um, it's given me a lot of hope as well. And then just like seeing the boys on the field, seeing them in action, seeing how they interact with one another, it's not the same. It's not the same from when I played my uh, my spring game. Um, and I, I didn't expect it either. It just felt like everybody was um, on the same page. It was uh, leadership across the board. I, the coaches rarely had to say anything at all. I know uh, it's kind of funny just watching it because I, I remember it was one play uh, I forgot exactly what happened in particular, but right when the, it was one of the young guys, who so I didn't really get his name, but right when he came off the field, it was like three defensive linemen came up there before Coach Toyota could even get there and coach him up and they're like telling him, hey, you need to do this, X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. blah. And I was just looking at them and it kind of, it made me proud because it's like they're holding each other accountable. And once, when well, you know, once your teammates, when, once teammates hold each other accountable and they take that pressure off the coaches, that's when you know a team is heading in the right direction.
1: Yeah. Um. This afternoon, this Wednesday afternoon, I saw PFF had uh, Ben Stilley as their eighth-ranked returning interior defensive lineman. They had JoJo Doman as their fourth-ranked returning linebacker. Obviously, everybody knows who Cam Taylor-Britt is. He wasn't on their top-10 cornerback list, which was strange to me. Um, But, I mean, like, everybody expects Cam to be one of the better corners in the country. This defense is going to have – just based off the way they played a year ago, this defense is going to have some legitimate expectations this year. I I guess, do you, do you see um, them being able to live up to that? Just in in what you've been able to observe and what you've heard?
0: Oh yeah, most definitely. I know those, what, for me, what did it was when those guys decided to come back for that sixth year. Mm -hmm. And one thing I kept hearing is unfinished business. So it leads me to believe that they have an agenda and that they're not they're not settling for anything less than that. And I talked to them, I talked to Casey. I talked to my brother still. Um, and just their whole mindset going into this year is kind of like it's kind of dangerous because it's like they don't they it's like they don't they don't care about what happens. They just they only care about the result, mm-hmm. and they're gonna get it. And I love that. I love that. I love that mentality. They, they're accepting it. They're accepting the challenge, and then they push each other to to exceed that and more.
1: Yeah. You have a unique perspective on this because you've been in the NFL for a year. Let's say, hypothetically, you are in college last season going through the COVID year, and Mm -hmm. it's your fifth year. And here comes the NCAA giving you the opportunity to delay the NFL for a year and come back to college for a sixth season. Would you take that sixth year, or would knowing what you know now, would you want to get to the NFL?
0: Oh, I would take it. Um really just based off yeah, based off of the strength that I feel like I could have helped myself as far as like hear my name called. Um and I, and that's all that's all I see it. I uh risk and reward. The, you know, if, if I was coming out and they were saying, Yeah, you're looking at fit to undrafted, I'm a, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna test my chances and, and try to uh, help that as well. But if you mm-hmm. know if the money calling, just do what you need to do.
1: Yeah. You and I have talked about this before though, that it seems like Nebraska guys get a little um a little under. I don't want to say disrespected, a little underrated when it comes to draft prep just because of the record uh, oh, yeah. attached to the team. So at, I'll be curious to see, you know, like DiCaprio Boodle runs like a 4 three forty in his pro day and then goes undrafted. And it's like you can't yeah. really find cornerbacks that have the, I guess, the resume that he had with the physical tool that mm-hmm. he has that you can find at, at the undrafted ranks. So I, I'll, I'll be curious to see for some of the guys that decided to come back, like how much they can help their – draft status if Nebraska's say seven and five or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. it'll be curious to see if that flips. Your brother, Damien, looks really good right now, just from a oh, yeah. just from a, a slim down perspective. Oh yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about about Damien's winter, his, his kind of spring, his
0: offseason. What are you expecting from him? A lot, the most, more than what he expects for himself. Just because I know he's capable of it. Yeah. Um just going in, it was kind of One thing I loved about him is just like when I was talking to when I was going through my process, a lot of um, a lot of the scouts and the coaches was was asking me to to drop weight, and I was like, that was that was already the plan, but I would take that information and tell him I was like, hey, bro, the NFL is changing; they're not looking for a three thirty defensive lineman anymore. You got to get right. And when he had told him that, he was like, okay. And it was kind of it was kind of uh, I loved what he did because I know he had he had a, a shoulder hiccup and they kind of pulled back on him so he can get that fully back uh, 100%. But during that time where he was getting back right, I would call him. I would say like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night, and he's trenched in sweat. I'm like, bro, what is you doing this late at night? <laughs> uh, I want his Stairmaster. I'll call you back. Said, go ahead. And it was a consistent thing where he would just uh, he would do everything with the team in the morning or whenever they did that, and then before he go to bed, he's doing some jump ropes, he's doing some – some jump ropes, some uh, some stair matches on the treadmill or something. He was always trying to, always trying to do better. And I know talking to Coach Tuioti, he said he can definitely see the difference in his in his body, but he can also see a difference in his play on the field. My brother's, uh, he, he'll like send me different clips so I can uh, critique him and help him out. Yeah. But one thing that I noticed in the clips that he sent me is he's running a lot longer and faster than you than he used to. So like you know, usually I'll say my brother, he'll probably at practice, he'll probably give you about. I'm going to say five, six good yards before he like gasses out. But now he's running full throttle all the way to the ball. And a lot of times he's getting there before a lot of the other people are as well. So I'm really excited to see him going into this year. He feels like he could be a real swing piece for them on the interior. Cause they did.
1: Shenander oh, yeah. did some stuff last year where they, they'd pull Damien off the field and go with just two down linemen, get a little bit more athleticism on the field, probably to get him some rest too, get him a breather. Mm-hmm you know if if he doesn't necessarily need that anymore and he's still able to to move some people around it could be that could be a real weapon for them how i mean i know just from from when he's told us in interview sessions he it doesn't seem like the snacks nickname bothered him or bothers him but like for you to just kind of look at him over the course of his career, he goes from, he has the snacks nickname and Mm Turiote says he can play, you know, four or five snaps at a time in a game. And then you got to get him out to now, you know, he just, he looks so much better. He sounds so much better. He sounds like he's, he's happy with where he's at. And you can Mm -hmm. just hear sort of a a joy in his voice when you talk to him. Um, Is it, is it, I guess, remarkable to see kind of the, the progress that he's made over the course of his career is that remarkable for you is that something oh, yeah. that you
0: expect to see yeah it, it was something for starters it's something that i expected and i'm i'm just really glad that it happened in the fashion that it did mm-hmm. um cuz he he's, he sees it he sees it now and i think that's the bit that was the biggest thing for for me for him for i'm gonna say majority of our life like i've always seen Ask anybody when people ask who's the better player. I always say, My brother, he's a natural-born football player. He has the body for it, he has the mindset for it. He's, I feel like he in the long run, he will be the better player. It was just he needed to see himself in that same light and he needed to see it himself. So I feel like he finally sees the bigger picture. He sees what he's capable of. And now it's like he's evolved from we call him baby D back home. So we call him Baby D. He's he's evolved from this baby D that we knew into this new version of himself which is a lot more violent which is surprising which is a lot more healthier and a lot and a lot more mature than he ever has been he's in now our conversations about football is like more past him as an individual but he's trying to figure out how he can help impact the team in the biggest way so i'm really i'm really happy to see that he's made the changes that he's made that's awesome
1: have you given him any goals for this season you tell him he needs to hit you know certain benchmarks he needs to get five sacks or or whatever. Do you, do you have that kind of conversation? You just tell him go out and show people.
0: See, it's, yeah, that's that's kind of a whole our whole mindset is don't don't you know, go out there and do do what we do. Um, it's kind of he probably gonna get mad at me for saying this, but uh, there is this I forget what player it was, but they were uh, going through the draft, and when he got selected, he had a clip, and the clip you know unfortunately was my brother. And I told him I was like, "Hey, bro, everybody in America seen you on Buddy Highlight," and he was like, "It'll never happen again." And that's kind of that's kind of my mindset for him. That's kind of my, my goal for him is, bro. Every time you're on that field, you're never the one getting pushed back. And he took it. I think he taking it personal. He's really on. He's really his mindset going into this year is just anybody who lined up across from you gonna get this work every single snap.
1: Yeah, make your own highlights. Don't show up on someone else's reel.
0: That oh yeah, them. most most definitely.
1: Yeah, you guys have. Um as siblings, you guys had a competition about who could graduate first, didn't you? Is he is he close to graduating? Did he beat you with this?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. He beat me. He beat me by a semester. Okay. Yeah. I graduated three and a half. He graduated in three. Okay. So he's done already. Yeah, Yeah, he's done already. He's I think he's in some grad some grad courses right now. He's not he didn't have the the biggest workload in the world because you know he's done with school, but he is slowly but surely um knocking at his masters, I believe.
1: It's funny because um he was he was coming up for a a post-practice availability this spring and Keith man, if you remember him, Nebraska's SID, Mm. Keith was like, yeah, uh, Damien's coming from a class. He's, he's really focused on that right now. I was like, well, you gotta remember those brothers at a competition about who could graduate first. And (laughs) Keith was like, Oh yeah, I know. Damien talks about it. So yeah, that was funny. Um, What, what do you think people are going to see from Nebraska this year from Damien this year?
0: A lot. They're gonna see so much. I feel like they're gonna see um, a different type of fight, a different type of fight. I know with uh, with with Coach Peters being there now, it gives them like that old school swagger in, into the building again. And I know my brother told me about like some of the things that he shared with them, and it kind of helped form their mentality back into that old way that they used to play. So I'm gonna just say that you know we I I expect to see you know the black shirts play really relentless and you know, with no mercy at all. Yeah. And because I, talking to them individually, they all kind of had that same mindset. Like I said, without me talking to them as a collective, talking to them individually, they're all pretty much saying the same thing in different ways. And I just know out of my brother, they finna get, they finna get a, a bully. It's, and it's, 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 it's and now I feel sorry for anybody who got a lineup against them, but it's going to be humorous from a defensive line standpoint just to see how dirty he does, people coming up this upcoming year. Interesting.
1: What about, for you and your game, what should we expect to see from you? What kind of goals do you have for
0: your second year in the NFL? My second year, my goal is just to get on the field and stay on the field. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my, that's my my main goal is to uh, impact, impact the defense as much as I can as possible. I know I'm still a young pup uh, on the field. We got some big dogs. So my job, my main goal right now is to do everything I can to help everybody else, you know, make their job easy. So that means me... Uh, taking on a double. So, you know, an Eric Armstead or, or DJ Jones could make a big play, you know, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm, that's, that's my goal right now is to get on the field and, and show my worth to the team so I can, you know, eventually earn a a starting spot.
1: Yeah. What kind of feedback did you get from the coaching staff after, after your first season? Do they do like exit interviews or things like that? Oh yeah. Yeah. How did that go for
0: you? It went, it went pretty well. Um, it's kind of the same issue that I have. Uh, I say throughout college is just consistency. Um, Talking to my D-line coach, he said the effort was never an issue. The effort was never an issue. But he said that he can see that uh I didn't start getting my confidence and my ability until back half of the year, which is where I started playing, which is when I actually started playing. Um, but he said, um, just take my seatbelt off. That's the only thing he wants. He doesn't want me to worry about making a mistake. He just wants me to play fast and hard. And I say that's the um, that was the biggest, the biggest uh emphasis he made for me is just to take my seatbelt off and play fearless.
1: I feel like that would be pretty standard for you guys in the rookie class last year, just because of how messed up your off season was. You didn't have oh yeah rookie camp, you didn't have OTAs, things like that, no preseason. So now, I mean, I feel like now, you know, you kind of have like your first real opportunity to go through a preseason, off season camp, things like that, and, and really kind of get momentum for yourself before the season mm-hmm. gets started. So that'll be interesting. When do OTAs start for you guys? I think starts. I think they start next week for us. Okay. Cool. Well, um, we'll be we be watching out for some Darian Daniels stories on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll let you get back to your day, man. Thank you so much for for hopping on and, and talking to people. It was good to catch up with you.
0: Uh, good catching catching up with you as well. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: No, you're fine. Uh, we'll be back next week with another podcast. In the meantime, keep reading com. Subscribe to all the HaleVarsity stuff. Follow Darian on Twitter. He's a wonderful follow on Twitter. Um, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Hoodat Media Production.